This is the Russian dynamite Masha Slamovich. Becca here. This is not America's sweetheart Davian. It's Billy Starks and the super fly guy Trayvon Jordan. This is the fly side flyer Jalen Brandon. Hardcore princess Jules Malone. Hi there, this is the bubblegum princess Alexia Nicole. This is the Brazilian Wonder Woman Christy Jane. This is the baddest black belt Chennai Kai. This is Kid Bandit. The smash hit Joel Bateman. This is Robin Renegade. Cody Hawk. Brutal Bob Evans. And you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. Y'all, it's the Southern Flamingo, Cody Lane, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show at Wrestling With Entertainment, the only audio experience on the web today, the trusted choice for interviewing all your favorite wrestlers, Every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube at Castbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. And of course, your host, James J. And it's a great day for wrestling, because we are wrestling with the Southern Flamingo, the catch-up of pro wrestling, Coco Cody Lane. Yo, what's up? How are you, uh, Cody? Well, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. And uh, how? what's coming up next for you? What's coming up next? So February 11th, I have Freelance Underground in Chicago, Illinois. And then I have Glory Pro in St. Louis, Missouri coming up February 26th. All right. And uh, how can we find you on social media as well and merchandise? Yeah, absolutely. So my Twitter is uh very cody lane and the same thing on my instagram it's very underscore cody lane and that's the only social media i have right now i don't have snapchat or tiktok or anything like that all right uh and you can find um us, uh merchandise merchandise uh it's going to be teespring.com slash cody lane perfect and all of those links will be in the description of the video below both on youtube and castbox Perfect. All right, let's address the elephant in the room, or more accurately, the horse. You beat your <laughs> horse recently. I did, clean and easy. Yeah. Can, I know that you've had maybe a couple matches with him already, um, but, I mean, a win is a win, no? A win's a win, no. That's, I mean, that's what I always thought when growing up, a win's a win. So what, that was our second... Uh, that was our second singles match. Our first one was last year in October for uh, for St. Louis Anarchy. So that was quite, that was quite some time ago. What was maybe some of the difference you saw in yourself from then to now? Yeah. So when I was when I wrestled him, uh, excuse me, that was twenty twenty one. Sorry, time is flying by. I forgot we're in two thousand twenty three now. So, <laughs> uh, shortly after that, I went back to England in December for a month, and uh, I learned a lot of experience there. Uh, me and Warhorse have actually, you know, we traveled traveled together quite a bit. So, you know, we got to know each other more, got to see each other wrestle more, and, you know, I kind of knew, you know, what to expect when wrestling him again. So, and a whole lot more of a confidence boost as well. Oh, Absolutely. You mentioned going uh, down to England or up to England. Um, you've done a couple of tours there, right? 
Yeah, that was my second one. Uh, the first one I did was in uh, 2019. Uh, me and Shane Saber, uh, he's a Canadian wrestler. Me and him went together. Moondog. Yeah, Moondog. Okay, awesome. Glad y'all know him. <laughs> <laughs> I know who Shane Saber is. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but yeah, two, 2019. That was a lot of fun. What was the experience? Uh, we had Davey Vega there, Matt Fidget, and uh, Ricky Shane Page. All those guys were there when we went over there. So uh, we had some few people to travel with, and uh, it was a good time the first time around. I mean, that's a that's a great uh, crew of guys. I mean, two of the four pillars of St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Pro Wrestling right there. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Hello? 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 Oh, yeah. sorry. I guess we lost each other there. Yeah. For some reason, it keeps dropping me. I have no idea why. Uh, long story. Um, so that's a great crew of guys you just mentioned. Uh, two of the four pillars of St. Louis uh, Pro Wrestling right in that, uh, in that group, first group you were talking about. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I go a lot to when I moved up here to St. Louis to Davey Vega because he let me live with him for the first year I was here uh, to let me, you know, get on my feet and get things kind of going. So, no, uh, those guys rule. I love Vega. I love Matt Fidget and Ricky Shane Page. Those guys are have been a huge help to my wrestling career. What was that first time around going to England and, uh, you know, the U.K.? Because there is a very, you know, different style of pro wrestling there than what we have in the States. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, I will say over there, it's just a whole lot better. I, I like it a lot over there. Um, it's just, it, it's more technical. Uh, I like to watch, like, a lot of those guys over there when I was there in 2019, like Chris Brooks, um... Uh, Chuck Mambo, like those guys started like blow up really big around that time, and it was really, it was really, I really enjoyed watching those guys because they just wrestled differently and they connected with the crowd differently. And it was just, it was really good. I learned a lot, like trying to learn how to connect with the crowd more after I when I got back to the states after that first time around. Was what would you say was a big difference between what you your first tour to your second tour? So the first tour, um, I I didn't really have like a gimmick or a character. I was kind of just going there over as me, kind of. So, uh, which was, you know, you're just another regular indie wrestler if you don't have anything kind of going on or like a look. So uh, it was kind of difficult. I, I was more nervous the first time around uh, because I was very kind of like unconfident with myself so we, we had fun matches and good matches but you know there wasn't really no connection with the crowd so when I came back the second time in 21 I kind of went over by myself as the Southern Flamingo as this like really flamboyant redneck character and um, I got a lot more traction over there even though it was during a major COVID spike and I lost like four or five shows but I got to wrestle about five or six times when I was there and um, I went to Denmark, and I was supposed to go to Germany and Ireland, but COVID kind of took those shows away. Yeah, that definitely sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the second time was a was a whole lot better in terms of uh, confidence and stuff. So when I went out there to wrestle, I was very uh, I was very calm and 
had had more of a grasp on how to you know be entertaining the first the second time around. Well, we love on uh, on the show we love food. And what are you eating in England? Mm. What wasn't I eating in England? They they have the best food over there. So uh, I'm a big fan. Of, have you ever heard of um, like blood sausage or black pudding? Yes. Okay, so that is probably hands down my favorite thing over there. Um, and for those who don't know, it's like uh, it's like cornmeal and like I think it's I uh, can't remember what type of meat it is or actual blood from like a cow, but it's delicious. It's rolled up in a patty. It's fried on a pan. It's it's the best. That I had an English breakfast every single morning I was there, and um, uh, when I went to Denmark. I found some, uh, I forgot the name of these cookies, but they were like the country's like cookies apparently when I went to this like little market and those were phenomenal. So I was eating that obviously fish and chips and I was having a lot of, uh, donor and kebabs over there. And obviously ketchup on everything. Obviously ketchup and Ireland's a big fan of ketchup over there. So, um, all right. Um, now you wrestled Josh Alexander, um, this, uh, but last year, um, you wrestled in a dream way prior to that, um, and now this was a, um, a one-on-one match, um, so what was this experience, what was the experience like this time around wrestling Josh, who was really one of the most underrated pro wrestlers today and um you know pro wrestling yeah no absolutely he 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 rules like he's so i've wrestled him three times and we've only had one singles match like i I got to wrestle him at freelance uh in chicago on a four-way and i was like holy shit you know i get to you know josh alexander's in this match and then like a year later for alpha one up in uh hamilton ontario I got to wrestle him and Isaiah Velasquez in a three-way, and that was even better. You know, like the the second time around, I was like, you know, more comfortable in in the ring. But the singles match, like, it really, you know, Josh Alexander can like go for an hour easy without no problem. So getting to wrestling, I think we wrestled like fifteen minutes, and uh, it was definitely like a test because I wanted to see if I can hang with him. And at, and you know, he was Impact World Champion at that time as well. So it was. It was really cool. It, it was awesome to get to wrestle in a singles match. Okay. And uh, can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can. Okay, perfect. Um, you know, how does that feel going from getting going from a four-way to a three-way to finally just a one-on-one? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a big difference, you know, because, you know, you don't, have, uh, you don't have three other minds or two other minds, you know, in the ring. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just you and, and, uh, you know, Josh, so like getting to talk to him and getting to like, you know, just really showcase what you do in a singles match, you know what I mean? Cause when you're in a multi-man match per se, you don't really, you know, you're kind of just going in and out. So like getting a singles match, you really get to, you know, showcase what you can do. as a uh, team academia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20, oh gosh, 2017, I believe, yeah, uh, ACW. What was that experience like? You know, 
obviously ACH is a big name anywhere he goes. Uh, yeah. And what's your relationship with him? Can you tell us? So, I know a lot of people like say this and it sounds cliche, but without ACH, I don't think I'd be in St. Louis wrestling or would have gone to England to wrestle or anything. Because he, um, I'll, I'll keep it short, I guess. I'll do a short story of how me and him met. So and when I moved... Give us the long uh, format. We're all about, we want to hear the full story. All right, perfect. All right, well, so when I moved to Austin, Texas uh, to start training for, for professional wrestling when I turned 18. Uh, I moved there from Oklahoma. So, you know, I, I moved there, and it was about six months into training. Um, ACH came to Austin. He used to train at my school. He, that's where he got his start at as well. So he was living in St. Louis at that time and then got a full contract to Ring of Honor. So he decided to move back to Texas after that and just travel out of there. So he started coming around more to the school and uh, me and I started to get to know each other. And I guess, you know, he just took an, uh, taking a liking to me. And we started hanging out more and then he kept telling me to go to ACW, which uh, used to be a huge show in Austin, Texas. And it was around for a very long time. Um, so I decided just to say, you know, screw it and go. And he helped me got on, get on. And then he helped him, you know, and I started going on the road with him and started training with him more. And eventually we started wrestling together because he wanted to do a tag team in ACW. So um, the first time we ever wrestled as a tag team was for ACW against um, uh, Zach Taylor and DG Taylor. And after that, we just strictly were a tag team in ACW. And it was like, I really learned a lot on how to do tag team wrestling and really learned how to just wrestle in general and like work and stuff like that uh, because of him. So uh, I, I owe a lot to him. He, he rules. What's a pet peeve about ACH you just don't understand? A pet peeve? Yes. Um, on how he can eat so much and stay obnoxiously ripped. Because when we would hang out... <laughs> He would eat a pint of ice cream and 20 wings, and the next day, still an eight-pack, still jacked, looking phenomenal. So that's my pet peeve with him. I don't know how he, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> uh, phenomenal genetics and just working out three hours a day. But, uh, yeah, he, that was my only thing that bugged me about him. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why that would be, um, you know, I would not like that either. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> No, it's insane. He would always he would always eat like that. Every time after a show, you know, I don't have a fast metabolism, so I have to eat what I, I have to watch what I eat. And after a show, everyone else is eating like salad or grilled chicken or you know the usual boring stuff, and he's overeating like a triple cheeseburger, fries, and onion rings without a without a care in the world. <laughs> and you and everybody's looking at him as like that just ain't fair. It's not fair. Life's not fair, and I learned that because of that. <laughs> You were on AEW Dark. Um, yes. What was that experience like, and uh, were you able to take in that moment? I was. Um, it, it was really fun. Uh, I wrestled uh, Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara, which was pretty cool because, you know, Sammy Guevara, he was uh, kind of blowing up in the Texas scene when I very first started training because he was like four or five years ahead of me. And um, that was really cool. And then, you know, growing up 
a, a fan of WWE when Jake Hager was Jack Swagger. You know, he, he was built from Oklahoma, and that's where I'm from. So, and my grandpa was a huge fan of him uh, when we would watch wrestling together. So it was pretty cool to get to wrestle those two guys at once. You know, kind of two birds, one stone. And it was kind of cool to be able to tell my grandpa I wrestled, you know, Jack Swagger on TV. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you wasn't, um, you wasn't Cody Lane in that match. You were Coco Lane. Yes. So that was the first time um, I was, I, I gave that name because I get, I, so I, for, for reasons during that time, I couldn't use my first name, Cody. And uh, they, they put a name on there on the card and i was like i don't know what that name is but we got to change it so i went up to the guy who who had who did the name changes and the reason why i picked coco is because my mother would always call me that as a nickname when i was a kid and she still does to this day so and in my head i was like you know that i mean it's a uh, kind of catchy and it kind of makes me laugh so i'm just gonna go with coco lane and see what happens so as soon as i did it it kind of blew up a little bit, and then everyone was like, "We really like that name." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it." Now I'm trying to do the math in my head here of when that, uh, when that match happened, um, because if, if there was or wasn't another guy named Cody with a C rather than a K there. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was a Cody with a C there. There was <laughs> during that time. It was uh. It was in 2021. It was actually it was right before I went to went to England. So like all that okay. was kind of in once. All right. Was there anybody coming up to you after the match from AEW giving you advice, telling you uh, anything? Uh, yeah. It was kind of cool to walk back, and then uh, Jerry Lynn uh, told me I I bumped really well and sold really good. So that was a huge compliment coming from Jerry Lynn. Oh, excuse me, I didn't hear what you said. Considering that Jerry Lynn is one of the first wrestlers you ever saw. For sure, yeah. I saw Jerry Lynn wrestle on a VHS tape. That was my first time I ever saw him wrestle. So <laughs> I ever saw it, I watched wrestling. So, yeah, it was really cool. And it was very just like, you know, we were, once the match is over, you know, since it's, you know, it, it's on uh, you know, TV and everything's time, you know, you kind of just, you're in there, you're rushed and you're not rushed in the match, but rushed to the back and all that stuff. So I, I got a chance to ask him and it was a really, it was really cool. It was mind blowing. I told my childhood friend about it. So it's kind of nice to uh, tell your childhood friends that you grew up with that like, Hey, I get to see and meet Jerry Lynn and he got to watch me wrestle once. So. Is that kind of like to some degree a full circle moment? I, it's very full circle. If you you can't get any more full circle than that, you know, in my in my career thus far. So <laughs> it, it was super cool, and I didn't even think about it because it happened so fast. I didn't even think about it until like two or three days later. I was like, "Oh shit!" Jerry Lynn told me I I move well, and I got to watch him wrestle the very first time. You know, <laughs> so it, it's really cool. It, it's crazy. Wrestling's crazy. I was saying, you know, taking in the moment of AEW, I mean, did you take in the moment of meeting Jerry Lynn? <laughs> I was kind of um, uh, just like, it, it happened so quick, walking past him and, you know, because they had to go on and do their job, you know, right. they couldn't talk to me all day. 
But um, it, it just didn't set in for like another two days. And I was like, that was pretty cool. I'll, I'll always remember that moment. And when I was in the ring, I got to like um, savor the moment, like being in the ring and looking at the crowd a little bit longer because when it went to like a commercial break, I believe during that time, uh, I think, I think Tony Khan came out and made a, like a big announcement to the crowd that like they were switching dates or something like that. So I got to be in the ring and look at the crowd for an extra five minutes, which is kind of cool to really like, you know, take a deep breath, calm down before the match started while you're out there. So that was uh, actually kind of a really cool moment as well. Okay. Well, uh, for anybody that listens to uh, us regularly, you know, they know that I have a co-host named Scooter Dust. They would also know they would he would be very mad at me if I didn't ask you this question. Um, you wrestled Pat Buck. Um, I, can you tell us about that uh, that match and that experience and your relationship with Pat? Yeah. So the the day I wrestled him was the first time I ever met him. Um, it was in Hamilton, Ontario, for Alpha One Wrestling, okay. and um, it. Like I, I've always, I, I've known of Pat Buck's name, but you know, I've never, we've never gone shows together since you know he's in the New England area, and I was, you know, in Texas, and then just moved to St. Louis during that time. So, um, it was, it was really, really fun to wrestle him. I had a great time wrestling him. Um, he really like during that time, I was still, you know, I didn't have like, the, you know, I was still just, you know, playing Cody Lane, so I didn't really have any like you know, a character, a gimmick, but he did. And we played off that. And he really taught me how to put some pieces of a match together better and, you know, on, on how to pace the ending of a match and stuff. So it was really cool. I, I had a lot of fun wrestling him. And uh, unfortunately, I, I haven't seen him since then. And that was in 2019. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> well, I asked because my co-host, Scooter Dust, um, he trained under Pat Buck at the uh, NYWC. So, uh, oh. so basically, he's his wrestling child. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so, so I, he would be mad at me if I didn't ask you about him. That's awesome! Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. Tell him I said I loved wrestling Pat, and he was like a joy to be around and talk to about stuff. So, yeah, he he was he was really great to me. All right. Um. Now you tell me if this was a joy of a match to have. Um. Can you tell us about wrestling in a mall against Prince Adam? That that's my uh, my crowning achievement in and creative stuff that I've gotten to do on my own. Um, so so backstory behind all that. So I used to be uh, before the pandemic and before COVID shut everything down. I used to work for Inspire Pro Wrestling in Austin. And I just won their uh, undefinable championship. I think it's a different name now. But during that time, that's what it was called. And as soon as I won the title, uh, I had a few matches with the title, and then COVID shut everything down. And uh, I actually came up with the Southern Flamingo gimmick during COVID. Since I wasn't wrestling, I was like, well, I got to start you know, cutting promos and doing stuff. So... I had that belt, and I was like, well, I'm going to switch the name to it and just call it the Open Range title, and I'm just going to wrestle outside and do, like, these cinematic matches since, you know, wrestling shut down still and bookings were very, very scarce during that year. So 
you know, I, I had a, a couple matches here in St. Louis where I was wrestling in a park and just really, you know, easy, simple, goofy stuff. And then um, heavy metal wrestling ran out of uh, the Rolling Oaks Mall in San Antonio. And I spoke to the promoter. And I was like, hey, I'm coming down a few days early. Can I can I use the entire mall for a wrestling match? And I have and I get told him all the ideas. So uh, he gave me the okay. He spoke to the security guard, and the security guard gave me the okay. And we had to do it like at nine or ten p.m. at night. But here's the best part: that security guard, who said he was going to be on guard during the time, showed up late. Like he slept in for a shift, and, and another guy that had no idea what we were doing or that we were in there, he wasn't given uh, a heads up. So it's on my YouTube channel. If you go in and check that out, uh, the, the ending of the match is where I, I pull out a toy gun and I tell everybody to get down and one, two, three, I win, right? Yeah. So um, around that time, we were, in, we were in the mall food court and that's where the ending of the match happened where a fake security guard played by another wrestler, Ethan Price. And we, we actually, not we didn't steal it, but we went into the security office where, where we shouldn't have been during the mall, and we took an, a real security guard officer T-shirt, and we got in trouble for that as well. So I pull this gun out, and it looks very real because we clipped the orange piece off of it. So around that time, I'm screaming, telling everyone to get down in the food court, and then the security guard that has no idea what's going on walks around the corner, saw a crazy dude in jean short shorts and a white t-shirt with a gun. He dead sprinted out of the mall and called the San Antonio police department. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So, uh, the, uh, the police department were, were on their way, but since the mall itself knew there was a wrestling show in there, or a wrestling, you know, school and stuff. They called the promoter, uh, Dylan Dunbar, and they asked him, like, "Hey, is this you guys? Like, what's going on?" And he was like, "Oh, yeah, it's us." So they called the San San Antonio Police Department, told him not to come because it was like a film prank kind of deal. So um, I almost got heavy metal kicked out of the mall forever, and then we, uh, I believe, we almost all got fines. So that, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, that was that wasn't an interesting conversation you had with the promoter afterwards. <laughs> he he said if he would have gotten kicked out, he said it would all would have been worth it. And the good thing is, I didn't have to sit in for uh, the meeting he had with the people who owned the mall the next morning. He had to get up super early, and he had to get bitched at by a mall, so it was kind of cool. And I mean, you're lucky that that. Security guard wasn't um, more brazen and actually attacked you in any way. He he just ran the other way and called the police. I could have gotten shot. I could have gotten like uh, tased. I I could have gotten any of it, and it would have been like it would have been fine because I looked like a crazy dude with a gun, and he had no idea. So, <laughs> it's uh, it's wild as hell, and I I can't believe we we did that. So I, I'm glad we have it's it's documented forever. <laughs> now, now that we have the backstory, let's talk about the actual match. Who, yeah, 
let's come and up with all of the things that you're doing because there's a lot of interesting things take place during the match. Yeah, so I I was I, I came up with a, like 98, 99% of it. Um, and we were kind of walking around the mall, seeing like what we could use, what we couldn't use, you know, stuff like that. And then I was like, well, I want like, you know, I want to get my head shoved into a toilet. And I think that'd be funny. And um, uh, the guy who was helping me film it, he went, I have a GoPro camera. Let's put the camera in a Ziploc bag and then put it in the water, in the toilet bowl water. And I was like, that's genius. I would never would have, I wouldn't have thought of that because I didn't think anyone would have like a GoPro in a Ziploc bag for some fucking reason. But uh, we did it and I had to, that what we only did like, we did three takes on the toilet thing. So I had to, I had to put my face in an actual toilet water three times. Oh. But we needed the shot, and it was worth it. So, um, and then we wrestled in a kid's playground. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I took a pile driver on, like, a big gumball type deal. And uh, we've, we had a moment on the escalator. That was, that's, a, that's usually my, I think that's my favorite part is the escalator uh, part. Nobody thought of actually running up the escalator. You had to. Play <laughs> no, yeah, it's so stupid, right? It's just so stupid. So, um, and then I love the part where uh, we had a whole lot more clips filmed for when Adam was trying to find me around the mall, and I was like hiding in places. Uh, we, but we, I, I didn't want the match, the whole thing to be like twenty minutes because we were already like you know pressing it pretty long to fifteen. So, uh, there was a lot of, like, outtakes of it. Like, I was hiding in a window next to a bunch of, like, mannequins. I was standing still. He walked by it. Um, I was, like, I had my head in, like, like flower pots or, like, uh, big, like, trees and branches that were in the, <laughs> in the mall. So, it, a, lot, a lot of crazy stuff in there that, unfortunately, did not make the cut. Well, maybe there will be an, um, an uncut, uncensored person coming sooner. Soon. That's not a bad idea. Or I could film another one because I'm having the itch to film more uh, of cinematic matches since they're really fun to put together. Okay. The uh, Mall of Geddon Part 2. <laughs> yeah, if I can find another mall that I won't get shot at, uh, we'll definitely do it. Because <laughs> you probably can't go back to that one. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, in the end, Heavy Metal is no longer... Uh, running out of that mall anymore so we we lost that privilege <laughs> <laughs> and i gotta say the the finish where you just you told him to get down or you, you shoot him and then you put the gun in the referee's face first yeah. finish to a match level <laughs> yeah. i love the uh i love the fast count he did because i didn't tell him to do it he just he just counted really fast and it was it was i almost laughed but um yeah, I, I love that whole that whole ending. I thought I was gonna get in trouble like online for it, but I'm just like, this is too, this is too funny not to put out there. Like, I think people would find joy in it, you know. Well, I definitely found joy in it. One of the best finishes, <laughs> the most logical finish to a uh, of a wrestling match ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Um, I think we should go to our next segment.
I definitely can. So, um, the one that that I usually always tell people, um, I was in Saskatchewan, Canada. Okay. And it was it was after a wrestling show because I used to tour with this company called CWE. And um, there's a wrestler. His name's Tony Kazina. He's a St. Louis somewhat native. I know he's from the Seattle area. Tony but Kazina, Tony Candelo, right? No, no, yeah, Tony Kazina. You're not not Tony Candelo. Okay. So uh, Tony Kazina helped train like Davey Richards and Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. And um, like Aaron Solo and people like that. He helped to take those guys on the road. So um, so he started doing those tours. And this was my second tour. And we were all at like an after-party bar. And uh, there was this guy there. He, he was helping drive people around to like different shows and stuff. And Tony, he's an older man, so he didn't want to stay out late. And uh, Tony asked the driver who's also a wrestler, he said, can you take me back to uh, the the hotel I'm staying at? And uh, the, the wrestler said, no, you have to stay here and just deal with it. Like, he's being kind of an asshole to him. Okay. So, you know, a few hours go by, the bar closes, 3 a.m., and then we're all like, oh, let's go in the back parking lot. And we were all just hanging out there. So we don't see Tony Kazina at all. For like an hour, hour and a half. And then we see this red van that's going like 70 miles an hour around the corner. And that and that's Tony Kazina. He stole uh, the, the wrestler who's being a dick to him. He stole his car. Okay. <laughs> it gets crazier. So he just dead stops like in the middle of the parking lot. He gets out. He starts opening and slamming the driver door as hard as he can until it breaks off the lock. Oh, God. And then he starts, like, uh, uh, TNA or, like, spin kicking the car door in, like, the sliding door of the van. He starts kicking it in, and the whole car door just starts to talk to him. Like, it looks like he got T-boned. So uh, he goes up to him. He, he chunks the keys into uh, a field that was right next to the bar. And uh, they start screaming at each other. And then Tony Kazina says, well, I'm down to party now. Let's party. He takes his pants off. He's in his underwear now. And he's just shoving everybody. <laughs> Until he gets taken away in a yellow Mustang at four in the morning. It was. It's a great story. And it's probably the most wildest thing I've ever witnessed in wrestling. Like, per, like personally. It, it's the craziest thing. That happened six years ago. I was going to say, the minute you mentioned Canada, I knew it was going to be a good story. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. So my, my best stories or fun, craziest stories have come from Canada. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of interesting things happen up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, had, I've had too much interesting things happen up there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um... Can you tell us about being featured in the Hamilton Spectator paper? I sure can. I actually have that framed, and it's in my room as we speak because uh, 
I got to uh, during that during that match or that show that I got on the cover of the Hamilton Spectator was uh, I wrestled Rich Swan in a singles match, and um, it was for Alpha One's. Uh, they use they call it the purge. So every match is no disqualification. So and me and Rich Swan, the first time we ever wrestled, we went through a table, we went through thumbtacks, and uh, we hit each other with chairs. It was uh, it was great. And uh, uh, the the picture is Rich Swan doing a big frog splash off the top rope to me, and I thought that was so cool that I showed my wife that. And then for my birthday that year, my wife um, got that framed for me, and I have it up hanging on my wall. What does that kind of mean to you? To be, you know, obviously the internet is the internet, but you know, to have it in, to have your name in black and white on, you know, something like a newspaper. Yeah, it's super cool. I know, like newspapers are, you know, they're dying out, or you know, not a lot, not a lot of people read the newspaper, but it's still like so cool. Just to be like, you know, I mean, people thought of you and they're like, well, we're going to put this picture of these two guys as our cover. You know, like it, it's super, it, it was a super neat moment. And like, I didn't even know, like a friend showed it to me and I was like, it was super, it was super cool, especially with like Rich Swan as well. You know, he, he's like amazing. So it, it was all around like a, just an awesome deal. All right. Can you tell us about the Great Depression? Yeah, it was terrible. It was uh, <laughs> probably the worst. That's probably the, a low point in wrestling for me, to be honest. Um, I really, I liked wrestling for Inspired Pro Wrestling, but the guy who came up with that idea has the worst ideas. So uh, I had to wrestle in a pair of brown slacks, a white button-up t-shirt, and a potato sack. Because that was the Great Depression, and I had to dress like a... Uh, you know, like, you know, how everyone on you know Wall Street lost their jobs during that time. So I had to dress like that, but with a burlap sack. And uh, the first match I ever had with the Great Depression character, I wrestled a wrestler named Cherry Ramones. And I got super kicked in the nose. And my nose started bleeding. But the thing about that burlap sack that I wore is that it's, it's potato sack. And then another thin layer of cloth underneath that. So that cloth came loose, and my nose is profusely bleeding. So, and the cloth is getting soaked with my own blood, and I'm waterboarding myself with my own blood while I'm wrestling. Oh, God. That is probably the most, that's pretty metal, if you ask me. So I took the burlap sack off after the match. It's covered in blood. And I still had to wrestle as that character like three or four times. But, you know, I could have said no. But I wanted to be on Inspired Pro because that was a super huge show in Texas. And I wanted to, uh, you know, do my best to, to where I eventually got to wrestle as myself. So it sucked. Uh, but I guess it was worth it because I did get to, you know, wrestle some cool people at Inspire after that as myself. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but wasn't one of the matches with Mike Law? With with Mike Law? Yeah, when you were the Great Depression. Ooh, I don't. I can't remember. I haven't done. I, didn't, I haven't done that character since 2017. I know I wrestled okay. Cherry Ramones. Okay. 
And I know I wrestled like a like a handicap match where it was like one on two. And then I did like a big battle royal thing as as that character. I don't think I wrestled a Mike Law. Because uh, I only ask because the name The Great Depression, this is not the first time it's ever come up in one of our interviews. Really? Yes. We we talked about The Great Depression in other interviews. And I'm just, it was a while back ago, and I just can't put my finger on which exactly interview it was. <laughs> yeah, so there's been, so there's been I think, three people as The Great Depression. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it was me, the first guy, his name was Ricky, and then I don't know the third guy who's playing that now, but um, uh, that, yeah, maybe maybe Ricky, the first guy, maybe he's wrestled him, or the guy who's doing it now, but um, I hope the story was similar to mine. I hope, I hope he said it was terrible as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you also wore a TV on your head for a match? Oh yeah, so uh, there's. Have you ever have you heard of the wrestler named Victor Analog? Yes. Okay, so his entrance is he comes out um, with a TV on his head, and we were doing a six man tag match for St. Louis Anarchy, and he laid it in the ring, and uh, I just threw it on, and then uh, I I had it on for about maybe five or ten minutes, five five to ten seconds, and I couldn't see anything, so I went, "This is, <laughs> I need to take it off before I die." So. <laughs> Um, you also, you have your own podcast, no? So I tried to start one and I was terrible at it. Uh, so it is now defunct. Okay. <laughs> I tried to, but it, it just like, I don't know, nothing. It wasn't clicking at the moment. So I, I decided to not force it and come back to it at a later time. You know, I... Here at Wrestling with Entertainment, we'd like to say that um, if it's on the internet, we can find it. I could not, yeah. <laughs> I could not find it. <laughs> yeah, I deleted it at all. I, I think I made like three episodes, and I went, this sucks. So I, I, I just deleted them. So I, I still have all the podcast equipment because like I was like gung-ho about doing it. I bought like $300 worth of shit, so... Uh, so yeah, I gotta, uh, I, I gotta redo it eventually. I know, uh, another wrestler, he said he wanted to do one, so maybe we're thinking about starting one, but, like, it probably won't be wrestling related, so just be on the lookout. Okay. Now, um, can you tell us about smoking a cigar from, uh, a girl's book? Yeah, that was my first ever uh, Southern Flamingo promo, and the, that foot belongs to my wife. Um, I, uh, I I don't know how I came up with it, but I, I started thinking of, like, you know, catch up with pro wrestling, all that stuff, and um, I, I was starting to smoke cigars in my in my promos. So I was like, I just I was like, can I just have, can I just rub your foot? I just need to be doing something in this promo. And I lit the cigar while I was cutting it, and then I just automatically just put it between her toes, and then it just perfectly stuck. So <laughs> I, I was going to ask, like, I mean, how do you come up? How do you come about asking, you know, your wife, um, hey, I want to put a cigar in between your toes. <laughs> 
Oh, she's she's down. She's a, she's a ride or die, and she's also uh, she's also a burlesque dancer, so like she gets the entertainment part. Okay. So, yeah, she's all for it. She if she thought it was funny, and she's like, yeah, I'm down. Why not? Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of similarities to burlesque and pro wrestling as well. Definitely. Yeah, I I, I highly agree. Could we possibly, speaking of so many similarities, could we see uh, Cody Ling um, having a manager at any time in the future? You know, it has been discussed since my, my wife does like does enjoy wrestling and uh, she does she she's also my seamstress, so she makes all my wrestling gear, my jackets and all that stuff. Oh wow. So we we've talked we've talked about her getting up in like a really, you know, white trashy uh you know, making her like a really white trashy outfit and doing like a you know, just being like local, you know, being my, my uh, manager and stuff around like Possibly St. Louis Anarchy or Glory Pro and stuff like that. All right, and um, those promos that you you've done, those a lot of them and all of them are memorable for one reason or another. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yep. Could you tell us about Gus's used mattresses? <laughs> uh yeah so during that time that was about when i uh i tore all the ligaments in my foot in the match mm. and i was out so and then i was like i was like well i i need to you know i came up with this idea to where i just look for odd jobs before i come back to wrestling and stuff so i i went to walmart bought like one of those just landline phones for like five bucks. And then I started writing stuff. I, I don't know why I thought uh, Gus's used mattresses was a, was a funny thing. I think because I said, uh, uh, I think I used the, the term MAGA, like mattresses that Gus's are good or something like that. Just <laughs> so I could jokingly throw that goofy thing in there. So. <laughs> no, I mean, the best part was, well, sir, you uh, you bought a mattress for twenty five dollars. For twenty five dollars, what did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that that was a fun promo. I I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> the the one for your birthday wish was for to get more cast was hilarious. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and what about? <laughs> When you was drinking the soda and you drew it into the car, whose car was that? That was my car. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend drive it, and I was like, I don't know why. Like, it. What I've learned is, if I if I think it's funny, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna film it, and then if my friends think it's funny, I'll, I'm just gonna post it. You know, I just, you know, I, I gotta, I just go with a gut instinct. I was like, well, I'm just gonna hurl a a large ass soda at my car if someone running runs into me. So, and it, it still, it still gets talked about to this day. And that was, in, geez, that was in 2020. Did he didn't twice think it was funny that you were robbing him? <laughs> He's my, uh, Ethan price is my Guinea pig. When I come up with ideas, <laughs> he is, uh, if I tell him I got to rob him for a promo, He'll let me do it. If I got to push him or slap him, he'll let me do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, this wasn't a part of your promos, but could you tell us about impersonating a doctor 
and Colleen Gregory Lawrence's dad? Oh, yeah. So uh, this was in San Antonio, and this was on Greg's uh, Iron On podcast. So he always prank, he used to prank call his dad and stuff. So, and, and Greg would always try to, like, get his ads in on the prank calls or tell his dad about Manscaped. So, I impersonated uh, a doctor over the phone and left a voicemail and said, uh, you know, your son Greg has clipped himself shaving because he wasn't using Manscaped. And could you send Manscaped down here for him so he could, you know, not hurt himself anymore? And, uh... The, the best part was his, his dad, unfortunately, did not answer it. So his dad called Greg back and left a voicemail and called him like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so it, it was great. It was, Greg sent me that. And we just talked about like a week actually together. Um, but yeah, we, we still laugh about that to this day. That was a really funny, funny moment. All right. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. But you shared uh, a hotel with Eddie Kingston and Abyss. I sure did. Greatest moment. One of my greatest moments, actually. I mean, those are two very different and strong personalities. (laughs) Yes. So, growing up, um, I was always a huge fan of TNA. Like, I, I, I watched TNA more than WWE. When I was going back and forth, I always ordered like the TNA pay-per-views and stuff. So I, I was a huge Abyss fan, loved Abyss. Uh, it was my first time meeting him, and uh, I had to fly out the next morning at like 6 a.m., but um, I didn't have a hotel room. So Eddie Kingston and Abyss, they're like, you can, just, you can just sleep on the floor with us if you want. So um, get, getting in there, at, getting like talked to Kingston and, and Abyss, in a hotel room, you know what I mean? Just to get into like pick their brain and just, you know, bullshit with them. Oh, yeah. Like you don't really, no one really gets that lucky, uh, to do that, you know? So it was really cool. And, um, I that was, Oh, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I was saying I could imagine. Yeah, it, it was phenomenal. Yeah. That was the, that was the first time I ever did alpha one. Because I was really trying to get booked up there, and I wasn't even living in St. Louis at that time. I I um, was living in Texas still, so I went up there. And then uh, there's a picture. I haven't posted it yet, but there's a picture of me and Eddie Kingston in one of those hotel be- one of those hotel beds uh, where I'm uh, big spooning Eddie Kingston. Oh my god! <laughs> I I have to find the picture because I can't find it. But uh, he jokingly told me to get in the bed and cuddle him and to pay my dues. So that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, at, at least that's a, an easy dude to pay, I guess. Easy, yeah, uh, yeah. He, <laughs> he's a very nice cuddler, so it was easy peasy. <laughs> Sweet. Um, you know, we talked about the mall match, and you mentioned, um, you know, being in a, um, a yard match. Can you tell us about the basketball wrestling match against Everett Connors? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was the first one I, I did on that. And, like, man, I, I didn't know it was that was going to go as well as it did. And I always I, – I know Everett Connors and stuff like that, but like, I didn't really get to, like – I've never hung out with him 
prior to that much. Okay. And I was just like, who can I get to do this? And out of a whim, I just messaged him. I went, hey, do you want to do this stupid basketball match? And he was totally down for it. So I just uh, we just filmed it. We then we filmed for like three hours, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was like it was a testament to how how good I could edit and stuff like that. I I, I still suck at editing sometimes, but uh, it was a lot of fun putting putting yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun putting that video together and like watching it come together and like people liking it and stuff. So when he gets back into the states, where I think we're going to try to do another one. So also be on the lookout for that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right. Um, who was the bear? May I ask? Who was the what? Oh, the bear. Oh, I I forgot his name. I think his name is. Um, uh, he wrestles for St. Louis Anarchy's Deacon Cash. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it was him. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was Ethan Price. <laughs> Everyone thought it was Ethan Price, but we, we he was actually the, the filmer. He was the man behind the camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you are the catch-up of professional wrestling. Um, catch-up goes with everything. What doesn't catch-up go with? Um, so, I, I would say it doesn't go well with, like, desserts. I mean, savory food, for sure, put it on anything. But, like, you know, I, I wouldn't assume it would go on ice cream. That have I tried it? No, I have not. But I can, if people are curious, I will give it a shot and report back. Will that be uh, the next uh, time on Bits and Kitchen? That, that can be the next bitch in kitchen. Uh, <laughs> that was another thing I only did once. That yeah, that was during COVID as well. So that smoothie sucked. That hurt me. <laughs> that something like that can give you COVID. <laughs> it it either you gives you COVID or you are indestructible towards any diseases. <laughs> So, um, you know, it seems like you wrestle all over, you know, uh, United States, uh, Canada, Mexico, uh, parts of Europe, um, and you you wrestle for so many promotions. It kind of does seem like you're a world traveler at this point. Is that something like you sought after, or was that just you know these are the opportunities I'm getting? It was kind of the opportunities I was getting because, like, you know, when I when I got into wrestling, you know, I wasn't, like, um, a big indie match wrestler or anything because there wasn't indie wrestling where I was uh, – where I lived in Oklahoma. So I was just in a super small town. So all there was was WWE and, and TNA. I didn't even know about, like, New Japan Pro Wrestling or, or anything. So when I, when I started training to be a wrestler – you know, and, you know, ACH was saying, you know, you got to travel, you got to get your name out there. That's how you get noticed. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to go as much places as I can. You know, uh, my first goal was like, well, I'm going to try to wrestle, you know, anywhere I can in Texas to make it look like, you know, I'm traveling a bunch. So, you know, that started to happen. And then my first out of state booking was in Louisiana. And then, and then uh, Missouri was my second one. So like, 
And it just starts snowballing from there, you know, meeting people. I never thought of myself ever going to Canada. And then I, you know, I wrestled there for I did three tours the first time. And then I, before COVID, I was going up there twice a month wrestling in Toronto. Like it was, I don't know, it's super cool. I never would expect it uh, when I was younger getting into wrestling. That'd be going all over the place. Well, uh, that being said, you definitely had a career, um, you know, that's to say that's been spectacular so far. Um, so much that they decided to make a movie about it. Uh, this is the colossal question. Um, every movie has a soundtrack. What would be the first three songs on the Cody Lane wrestling soundtrack up to this point? Ooh, the first three soundtracks? No, the first three songs. Oh, for, I'm sorry, sorry. The uh, first three songs? Whew. Yeah, but th this isn't the keys of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't, you know, I, it'd have to be a Volbeat song, because I listen to a lot of Volbeat. Okay. Um, you know, when I ever started, you know, wrestling and, it got me through, you know, songs get you through a lot of, uh, you know, down times or dark times and stuff like that. So, you know, it'd have to be a Volbeat song. Don't know which one. Um, definitely towards the end of my, uh, not end, but, you know, this last year or so of, of wrestling, uh, it'd have to be 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Love it. And then... For the last one, geez, I would say, damn, it's a tough one. I it had to be either like um, it had to be a country song to an extent, but I would mainly do maybe, you know, who Wheeler Walker Jr. is. I believe so. He's a very dirty country singer, so I would have to do. Uh, either Wheeler Walker Jr. or this rapper, his name is Prov, and he is from, um, I think he's from Minneapolis, and he has become one of my favorites, so if, if no one knows who that is, highly, I would seek him out, he's really good, so song-wise, I don't know, but artist-wise, those three, All for right. sure. Um, do you lock that in? Do you what? Do you lock it in? I'm locking it in, yeah. All right. Now that we got the soundtrack down, um, everybody knows you do the soundtrack, then you write the script, and then you do casting. Who plays Cody, and you can't say yourself because you're obligated to make a Stan Lee S cameo in said movie? Nice. Okay. I would have to do... Now, should I get someone that looks like me or someone that I just like? Hey, it's whoever you want. You could get Kara Knightley to play you. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for so for young me, so for young me starting out, I would probably do just because he looks so young. I would do a young Timothy Chalamet, but he'd have to gain like eighty pounds. Because okay. I was fat when I started. <laughs> so a fat a fat Timothy Chalamet, and um. For, for purposes, for me, I would do Tom Hardy as grown-up me. Okay. We just have, we'd have to make him taller. Okay. And then for old me, I would do Nicolas Cage. Or just do Nick Cage all the way through. Oh, 
Oh, sweet. I think it. I love Nick. I love Nicholas Cage. You know, Tom Hardy is not the first. Uh, you're not supposed to say Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is. Oh no. Tom Hardy is very popular. <laughs> He's a hunk. Who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to be in this movie? <laughs> All right. <coughs> now uh, we got who plays Cody. Uh, every movie has a supporting cast. Who would be three people in your movie, and who would play them? Ooh, this is a toughie. Um, let's see. So, uh, one of my best friends in pro wrestling is uh, Ethan Price. Of course. So, I would have Ethan Price um, in the movie to play him. Oh, geez, I have to find like a really spazzy character to play him. Um. Oh my goodness. So, all right, let me get my three wrestlers out first okay. to be in the movie. So, uh, obviously, Ethan Price. Number one. Uh, number one. Um, number two, probably have ACH in there since he's been a big component. Of course. Um, and the, th the, the third one's going to be toss-up since uh, Ricky Starks was a big part of my wrestling career growing up. Okay. Uh, he helped me out a, a shit ton. Um, or possibly Ricky Shane Page. He's been a big part of me. Like, all, when I've been on my own, when I moved to St. Louis, you know, doing my own thing and stuff. So, hey, they can toss it between them. They could both I'm be sorry? in it. It's, there's no walls to this. There's no walls. Okay, fine. I'll do, I'll do all four. So, Ethan Price is in it. He's going to be played by, um, I'm going to say... Do you know the uh, who's McLovin? What's his character's name? What's the actor's name? Christopher Plotz? Um, McLovin? Oh, uh, yeah, from Superbad. Oh, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yes. Um, Christopher Miss Plotz. That's going to play Ethan Price. Okay. Yes. Um, Ricky, uh, let's see. Albert ACH. Let's just throw it in there. We're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do we're gonna do Wesley Snipes as ACH. All right. Ricky Shane Page. We're gonna do. Let's see. Wow, these are great questions, but they are tough questions. We like to keep you on your uh, on your toes. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm almost levitating. Um. <laughs> oh my goodness! Let's see. Oh my goodness! Ricky Starks. Any ideas? Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. He's a handsome man. Um, so we'd have to get a handsome man to play him. So I think Ricky Starks is going to have to be played. Oh, gosh, what's his name? We're going to do Jason Momoa as Ricky Starks. All right. Locking like it in. Ricky would say that he's not handsome enough to play him, but, you know, casting. <laughs> hey, casting, yeah. That's yeah. what, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, those would, be, those would be my three in the movie. All right, and we we can't we'll let uh, casting decide on who Ricky Shane Page is. 
that's still up in the air. We might take him off the film. We're not too sure yet, but we're <laughs> <laughs> he's on the chopping block. Now onto a controversial subject: pineapple on pizza. What's your stance? Love it every time. So you're pro uh, pro pineapple. I'm pro pineapple. Yes. All right. What's your spirit Pokemon? Spirit Pokemon. Um, I I don't know too much about Pokemon, but I'm gonna say Squirtle. Sweet. Um, we love the late great Tracy Smothers on the show. Do you know the acronym for Thug? T H U G. Oh geez, uh, <laughs> I, I forgot it. As soon as you asked me, it went out because I know a thug can't spell. Yes. Um. Oh my gosh, what's thug stand for? You have to tell me. T is for terrible. H is for hell. U is for ugly, and G is for jail. Why? Because a thug can't spell. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I, I, I met Tracy some others in passing one time, and he was super nice. So it's uh, quite a shame he passed away. I never got the chance to meet him. And just from the stories that I've heard on the show, uh, it seems like he was a fantastic human being. Yeah, he 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 look, he seems phenomenal. Right, and that's kind of why we do this to kind of keep his memory alive. Uh, yeah, for sure, that's awesome. All right, um, and you probably know what I'm going, what this is all about. This next question, it's the weirdest question you'll be asked on a wrestling interview. Would you ever consider wrestling a rock, not Wayne Johnson, not the country, an actual rock? An actual rock. Um, you know what? It depends. I, I probably would. Yes. All right. I think so, I could. I think I think I could wrestle a rock. Depending on how can I, can I pick the size of this rock? No, the rock is already has his his shape and his size. Okay. All right. I'm still down. I, I'll wrestle a rock. Shane never told you about back, backyard troll. No. Oh wow! I, I know, I know, backyard pro, but I, was, I, um, I, I, I didn't do it or anything like that. Well, just for context, there's a wrestler named Psycho Mike that wrestled an mm -hmm. actual rock for over 15 <laughs> minutes in a tungsten man match, an Iron Man match that lasted for two weeks. Holy shit! <laughs> yes. That was on Backyard Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he did not win that match either. I know he's wrestled. He wrestled a dog. He's wrestled uh, He's wrestled himself, yes. Psycho Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's, he's starting to get into actual creatures that move and breed. So that's a plus. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's upgrading. He's yeah. evolving. Yeah. <laughs> Soon he'll be wrestling people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, on a more serious note, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, hopefully uh signed, wrestling for uh, a company. I I would love I would love to, you know, 
be a be a contracted wrestler and get to travel with with a company and you know sink my teeth into that you know what i mean and build build my name up all right and what's a match people should go out of their way to see the best shows off what cody lane is all about yeah so uh this is going to be an iwtv um i'll list out a few that i'm really proud of over the last like you know two years or so um even though me and uh prince adam did have a match in a uh, a mall we the next night we actually wrestled each other in a singles match for heavy metal wrestling get out of here yeah i'm very 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 proud of that match i, I love that match a lot um it was really i thought it went, i thought it was really good and it was fun um the latest match uh me and warhorse uh proud of that one just recently off the top um i would recommend going to check out uh any of my alpha one matches those are a lot of fun those are kind of like the early years so if you ever want to see like a what what's a big switch or a change um glory pro me and alex zane uh we wrestled each other about a year and a half or so really enjoyed that match um go check out me and brian keith at freelance that was an awesome match and can we find these matches on um on youtube Yes, yeah, uh, you find them on YouTube, or you can find them on uh, IW, the IWTV app. Those will be uh, the, the two places to do it. Me and Alex Zane is on YouTube. Okay. Me and Brian Keith is on the freelance page of IWTV. Well, I'll get the match from uh, YouTube with, uh, with Zane, and uh, I'll put it in the description of the video below, both on YouTube and CastBox, for somebody... Uh, that wants to re-see it or wants to see it for the first time after this interview. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And uh, just interesting, the Cheese Taco Bell, your ketchup, it seems like a, an interesting combo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a clash of flavors. So. <laughs> I think you need to wrestle um, Tracy Williams next. I know both the sauce, right? It's yeah, hot uh, <laughs> sauce, ketchup. It's well, at least a tag team. <laughs> it that's true. Yeah, it's for sure. <laughs> Hope that happens one day. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and since we are nearing the conclusion of this interview, we are wrestling with the eight questions of doom. <laughs> this is our speed round, our bonus round, the round where we see who you really are. Are you ready? Yes. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. Edge. Worst wrestler. Oh my goodness. Uh, worst wrestler, Dylan Dunbar. Your main event in WrestleMania for the World Championship. Who is your opponent? I'm going to have to say either Edge. Or Shawn Michaels. Alright. If you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? Shawn Michaels. Finish the sentence. K Fade is. Not dead. We would have also accepted Taste Great on Toast. <laughs> Squash. Fruit or vegetable? Squash, food, or vegetable? Fruit or vegetable? Oh, vegetable. 
It's a fruit. The fruit? Yep. Oh, my God. I've been lied to. It's a tomato logic right there. That is true. Yeah, tomato's a fruit. Wow. Um, But you're now a part of Square Squad, and that means a hell of a lot more. Yeah. (laughs) Um, New Japan wrestler Tai Chi, his ring gear gets smaller every year. He really marks himself to the wall. My question, what is the appropriate trunks to butt cheek ratio for ring gear? Trunks to butt? Um... If you want, if you want some ass hanging out, go for it, you know. But for me personally, the trunks to butt, I uh, two inches. Two inches. All right. Yeah. And the last question, the main event, the thing everybody wants to know: Have you ever had a conversation with a stranger in a supermarket about Darby Allen? Oh, uh, I, I don't think so, no. And that's the correct answer. Okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have, okay. <laughs> that will conclude uh, this interview. Thank you so much, Cody, for coming on and doing this with me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I had, a, like, a real blast. Thank you for having me. Oh, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. We, I had a blast talking to you as well. Um. Where can we find you on social media and your merchandise once again? Yeah, absolutely. So Twitter, it's going to be at very Cody Lane. Instagram is going to be at very underscore Cody Lane. And then my merch store is going to be teespring.com slash Cody Lane. All right. And there's no need to throw it into your Google machine. Simply click the link in the description of the video below or on YouTube and CastBox. A new tab will appear on whatever device you're on. You have no excuse. Buy a damn shirt. <laughs> of course, if you like what we're doing, uh, well, first and foremost, thank you for listening. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, or on YouTube and CastBox. Of course, this was sponsored by Rogue Energy and Fair One Coffee. Join us next Tuesday and Wednesday for more incredible interviews. Uh, you can follow the show at Wrestling with E, both on Twitter and Instagram for information on who we're interviewing, when we're interviewing them, links to those interviews, and so much more. And you can follow me personally at JamesJ993. Um, Alright, uh, Cody, when I say Wrestling with, you say Entertainment, okay? Yes. For our very special guest, Cody Lane, Calico Yacht, Scooter Dust, I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling With... Entertainment. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.